0: Hello, my fellow hardworking women living in a patriarchal society. I'm Mallory Porter, and this is Bitch Prince. So it's 2020. We all thought it was our year because, I mean, the roaring 20s. We definitely had a 20s-themed party. And now we're stuck here, inside, with the coronavirus. So, I don't know about many of you, but I thought, well... Why not invest in some of my hobbies that I've been talking about, such as that podcast that I thought I'd start about two to three years ago? And here we are. So while we all sit in our homes, practicing social distancing, wearing no bra and our worst sweatpants, situated among our many canned goods that we were able to collect before everyone panic swarmed the grocery store and took all the damn toilet paper. Why don't we come together as a community and think of ways where not only women can better the world once we actually can re-enter public society, but what we can do now that we have all this extra free time, and what mental health and self-care really looks like from today to tomorrow. So what the hell is Bitch Prince? Obviously, it's a podcast, but it really comes from an idea that I got from my mother, my mother is one of my biggest idols, if not the biggest idol. We both look a lot alike. It is clear she is my mother. And we even sound the same. I have many great memories of answering our house phone. Yes, there used to be house phones for our younger listeners. And her friends talking to me for about 10 minutes before realizing, that's not Sharon. Heard a lot of great gossip that way. But my mom really gave me the origin of the idea of Bitch prints. So let's quickly go back in time before coronavirus. I'm not good at sound effects. Go back to the year. Mm, I think it was like early 80s. So we're going to turn on some Duran Duran. My mom was more into the Go Go's and the Indigo Girls. Listened to a lot of that shit on cassette growing up. We've got really poofy hair. If you're my mom, you have embarrassingly large glasses. And we're working at a cool, hip restaurant. Not cool and hip like all the kids want to go there, but cool and hip that there's some good little 80s people working there from you that you go to high school with. The scene is set, complete with red and white checkered tablecloths, random shit all over the walls, and that awesome smell of cigarette smoke. Before that was banned in restaurants. You're cleaning up the dirty dishes, joking with all your other friends, clearing out those tables, and then you come across the cup. There's about five cups scattered all over this table that you're clearing. But there's this one cup, and you pick it up, and you see that it's got this cakey shit all over the top and not really in just one place you can tell this person kind of turned the cup around and drank from different spots and this cakey stuff is on the inside and the outside and it's got this reddish pinkish tint to it and you know immediately it's some broads lipstick you know that really awful lipstick that we had in the 80s. You know, nowadays, we have lipstick that lasts forever, wipes off super easily, or maybe even gloss that's sticky and gross, but is still kind of clear. No, no, this is the 80s. We are talking tubes of the cakiest lipstick shit you have ever seen in your life. So my mom's going to pick up that cup. She's going to show it to her friends and be like, "Mm, guys, we got some bitch prints to clean up. Now, keep in mind, my mom doesn't really cuss that much, so she probably said bitch prints and giggled a little bit when she said it. But the idea of bitch prints was whenever they would see these mugs with, or cups with these cakey prints of lipstick, they called them bitch prints. And, you know, back in the day, a woman that wore a ton of lipstick would either be, you know, a working woman maybe a high-society, slightly bougie woman that maybe tipped them like shit, asked them to make her soup warmer about five times, and sent back her meal at least twice. But I really took the origin of that story as more of a dress-up moment. I am a very independent person, and a pretty opinionated one. But I've always been a girly girl, for sure, hand to heart. If you look at my home office, it is full of pastel pinks and blues, lots of imagery of women in general. I love my pastels. I have multiple sides to my personality. The other side likes black and hates everyone. Yeah but this side the girly side really did connect to this bitch prince because even though my mom and her friends were making fun of all these broads that were probably super rude to them and thinking about the mess they had to clean up from this nasty ass lipstick i immediately wanted to put some lipstick on and play flip and dress up with my mom's clothes i wanted to be that bitch from the beginning growing up While most girls wanted to play house, and don't get me wrong, definitely had some baby dolls, water babies, anyone? Anyone else have those? I loved water babies. I don't know how that sounds about me. But really, instead of house, I I didn't want to play the daughter or the mom. It was so lame to me. I always wanted to play something where I could make money. I I wanted to play a store clerk, or maybe even teacher. I loved playing teacher with one of my friends. We would take turns actually having to be the student, which sucked. I remember one time we actually, growing up, I had a police officer living next door to us. Don't worry, he was a nice guy, not even the ones that really ticket you, he was more on the SWAT team, so he was actually quite the badass. And I used to babysit his daughters. But I remember when I was younger, probably before I started my babysitting days, I had a moment where I decided I was a police officer. So on my little bike, which was definitely pink, maybe had some little pink streamers coming out of the handlebars, Riding down the bumpy road, because it was definitely not paved evenly. About 1970s neighborhood. Riding down the road, seeing his own children, my neighbor's kids, pulling them over, giving them a ticket, and then knocking on the door. And so when he answered, I showed him the ticket and I said, Hey, your kids have a violation. You owe me a quarter. I need, I have, they have a fine. And they need to pay their ticket fine and it is a quarter and I need that from you now or else they're going to jail. Wasn't until I had collected about $2 from my policeman neighbor pretending to be him and maybe some other varying neighbors that I played with their kids in our neighborhood. Um, when my mom found out and was like, why the hell are you taking everybody's money and made me go back and give all the money back. But I mean, you know, I was a working girl. And I was not even giving a trade. I wasn't even trying to sell something. And I straight up got my quarters. So sorry, mom, I'm a good businesswoman. Lemonade stands, also my jam. Really sad that people can't have as many lemonade stands now. Like kids should be able to have lemonade stands. I definitely had at least one per summer, if not two. It was the absolute joy of my childhood summers is having a lemonade stand and making money. And that was just me as a kid. I never necessarily thought I didn't want to be a mom or a wife. I always just assumed that would happen, I guess. I really always focused on wanting to make money and wanting to be a businesswoman. My idols growing up Definitely included Stacy London. If anyone remembers that what not to wear show, <laughs> I wanted to be Stacy London. You know, definitely had other things growing up that I wanted to be a pediatrician, yada yada yada. But most of my life, Stacy London was my woman. And when I got older and the Devil Wears Prada came out, Andy was my dream. No brag, some people do say I slightly resemble Anne Hathaway. I can see it on a good day when I'm wearing a hat and some lipstick. But I seriously wanted to be her. Working for a fashion magazine, being a bomb-ass businesswoman in New York, that was always my passion. That was always my goal. I never expected to be a stay-at-home mom. I never really wanted that. I always wanted to be that hustle-and-bustle girl. Never super got into Sex in the City, But still, that kind of idea, I wanted to be the girl that wore the awesome fashion, the latest fashion. I freaking had shiny purple pants from limited two and third grade. Fashion was always a priority, my dudes. Shiny purple pants. I actually wore those pants when my family went to a trip when I was in elementary school to Mammoth Caves maybe got made fun of a little bit by the guy guiding us through the cave saying, oh, we could use those pants as a flashlight. They're so bright. And I was not offended. I took that as a compliment. I was like, damn straight. My pants are fly as fuck. Okay. And that was just me growing up. I wanted to make the money. I wanted to be the girl in the super high heels and the sleek black outfit and red lipstick. Walking down New York City or Paris if I was ever lucky enough and rich enough and could actually learn French that just emulated success and power as a woman and not downing anyone that had the goals of wanting to be a stay-at-home mom. That just wasn't me. And so when I think of bitch prints, that is what I think about. I think about that woman in that tight black suit with the black pumps, Louboutins, red on the bottom, and the hair slicked back and the cat eye sunglasses. Definitely very Audrey Hepburn feel. Just clickety clackin'. I dated someone in college who used to hate when I wore shoes that made that click clack sound. Mm -mm. It is literally one of my favorite sounds in the whole damn world. I don't know why, but when I hear the clickety clack, it's almost like I have no choice but to own my presence. So even if I'm feeling insecure that day or really depressed and inside myself, once I hear a clickety-clack of my heels, it's like, well, you're here and you can't hide. Everyone can hear you, so you better fucking own yourself. And it just feels so good and just feels so powerful. Even if the clickety-clack is, you know, a good block heel, which is pretty much all I wear now. No stilettos for me. No stilettos. But growing up wanting to be this career woman was a little bit different than than a lot of my friends, and I definitely have friends that are more business women, or that are more powerful women. Maybe not in business specifically, but in their own cre- creativity. I've got women that are film directors and and artists. So I definitely and doctors. Shit, don't forget that. So I've got a lot of powerful women around me, even if we all kind of went in different directions, but I really always value the fashion aspect, the writing aspect, and the business. So I went to school for journalism, definitely do way more marketing and digital things now, so it's kind of a stem off of that, but I definitely went to college wanting to be that Andy character from Devil Wears Prada. But I realized I did want to do a little bit more than just fashion and I didn't know if I really wanted to immerse myself in as much of fashion as you really have to, to even be in fashion merchandising or anything like that, let alone the big fashion industry and go to fashion week in New York. I, I wasn't sure if I only wanted to focus on that. Probably one of my, I don't know, Detriments, good or bad, take it, I don't know how you want to, is that I have a really hard time focusing on just one thing. I joke I'm a renaissance woman because I just love dabbling in everything. It's so hard for me to pick one thing to be an expert at. But regardless, I found my way in the business world. It did not take two seconds, it took a while, it took a trial and error, maybe got fired once, but I found my way. And so Bitch Prince really is about that, whether you are aspiring to be a career woman, whether you currently are a career woman, whether you're climbing up the ladder or already at the top. Bitch Prince is about those women who put on that face every day or work from home like me and maybe don't literally put on the makeup every day, but put on that voice on the phone or do put on your makeup, making sure it is on fleek every damn day that either pull on their sweatpants and get out of bed to get ready for those really early morning meetings or who are wearing those stiletto clickety clackety heels as they freaking march their way to work. Bitch Prince is all about those women who want to find independence in their life. So even aside from your career, Bitch Prince to me means that you are going to symbolically put on that lipstick and be the best version of you every damn day as an independent woman. It doesn't mean you can't love love because I am 100% a romantic and I have always wanted to fall in love. I never really wanted the babies thing, but for me, I had always wanted to find my Prince Charming. Anyone I know would tell you that. Was a little boy crazy. No, was a lot boy crazy. Sorry to all boys in high school with me that I was really creepy towards. Leave me alone. I was in a weird phase. We all were. Get over it. But with Bitch Prince, whether you are a career woman or just more of an independent style woman, whether you're married or not, whether you have kids or not, you know, it really isn't about defining what is a woman or what makes you independent. Not not at all. It's about taking those women that have all of these expectations that are put on them from work, from their home life, from having a relationship with husband, wife, partner, whoever you are in loved and committed to. Women that have so much on their shoulders and have to be so many different versions of people. I think in our society today, we are very fortunate that we are in a place where it is way more quote unquote normal for women to be in the working environment. It is almost expected now that we do have a job. Um, you know, obviously, some traditional households, there's still a stay at home mom and a working dad um, or whatever gender. But with us today, we really do have the opportunity to find a career, and we're not looked at as weird. You know, this boom of women in the workplace was really in the 80s, which is also why I really define with my mom's bitch print story, because it was in the 80s when she was working at a restaurant. And in the 80s, they started that boom, but it was still kind of weird and taboo and hard for women who wanted to be in the workplace to actually get in there and actually penetrate the workplace. So today, even though we are still 100% dealing with unequal pay, and there is still a lot of issues in the workplace that I've definitely dealt with myself, you know, there's been inappropriate commentary from other male coworkers. there's been women competing with other women and instead of building a community and working together and being nasty towards each other, which I've definitely experienced and that's even more unfortunate. And it still is a little bit harder for women to climb that ladder to get that pay raise than it is for men, but it is normal that women are in the workplace. And now we've kind of reached the other side of where now there's so many expectations where you know, when men were in the workplace, they were expected to make money for their family. Boom, done. Now women are expected to not only make money, contribute, be independent, but to also still be these superhero moms like stay-at-home moms were and are. And that is so incredibly difficult, you know? And I think that partners, you know, if you're if your partner is a male and you are in that, you know, heterosexual thing, then, males really are doing their best. You know, if you're in a healthy relationship, they are stepping up. They are being more involved in parenting, in daily life. You know, my husband will tell you that, you know, I'll cook a little bit more because I do enjoy it. But when we first got married, I was trying to host a lot because I just, I put that expectation on myself. I come from a lot of Jewish women that are amazing at hosting and I just was like, well this is something I have to do. And eventually my mom saw how stressed I was and realized, Mallory, she she needed to talk to me and just be like, Mallory, you you're putting this expectation on yourself. You're 23. You do not have to be doing these elaborate dinners. And so I realized that, you know, I do enjoy hosting once in a while, but To do it on my time and build my own expectations, and if hosting just means alcohol and a fancy cheese board that takes me fifteen minutes, so damn be it. And when Zach and I, my husband, were first living together, there was kind of this expectation: is you know he's lived by himself plenty, but you know even with people that are my age, I am a millennial, but I'm 28. I mean, I'm on, I'm almost 30. I'm not very, very young. I'm, I have my own house. I own my own home with my husband. We aren't little babies, okay? We are women. And when we were first living together, there was this expectation that I would cook for him every night because he was used to that from his own mom. His mom was amazing and just physically worked her ass off at a job for decades and was this just amazing nurturing mom that did cook dinner every night. And we don't have kids. I don't plan on having them. But Zach just thought, oh, my mom made dinner. Maybe the woman that I'm living with will also make dinner. And we had to come to a point where I was like, no, like I wanna cook when I wanna cook. And sometimes I will make us dinner, but that's not like my job. Like you're a human being. And that's definitely been a big saying in our house is when it's, well, can you do this or can you do that? It's, well, you're a human, you can do that, you know how to do that, I'm also working right now, we work the same hours, and that's been a huge expectation versus reality, and we'll definitely have an episode that goes way more into expectations, because that is a whole nother topic in and of itself. But stemming off of that, women as independent women now do have so many roles so we make the money we're still expected to be just as good of a mom that's just as present as a mom that that is her only job is to be a stay-at-home mom and that's literally impossible and lord knows that with moms that are working moms the cost of childcare and just trying to be present as much as you can it takes a toll but the reality is you know with the joys of women being able to work do come the pitfalls and now more people both people have to work in a relationship because we literally can't afford our lives without two incomes i recently watched don't tell mom the babysitter's dead any of you haven't seen it, go see it. It's like 1990 or 1991 starring Christina Applegate. It's hilarious. And basically what happens here is the mom goes out of town, which first of all, uh, late 80s, early 90s, the mom with five kids just says, "Ah, I need a break. I'm leaving for two months. I'm just going to go on a two month vacation with my boyfriend. Yeah, that's not a thing. But thank you so much, late 80s, early 90s. And the other thing that was so crazy and realistic was, so the babysitter's old as shit. She dies of natural causes. They, They take her away. The money that the mom had given her was in the dead babysitter's pocket. So now these five kids have no money. So Christina Applegate, who's in high school, has to forge a resume. So she forges one saying she's done all this shit in the fashion industry and applies for an executive, administrative, whatever, assistant role. Gets the role. Starting pay was like thirty six dollars or $37,000. Starting pay in like 1990 was like $36,000, $37,000. That is equal to $70,000 today. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I am not on an entry-level position. Still don't make $70,000 a year. And it just goes to show that... Not only has our economy not kept up with the cost of living, but then it does put more weight on the women's shoulders because we legitimately do need to often contribute because, you know, the men can't just get a job that makes six figures out of the blue. Nobody can. Women can't. Any gender can't. And so it really takes a lot more work. So women have to be more independent. And some women love that. Some women don't. I personally do. I would much rather be a career woman and one day make more than my husband. One day. And if we did have a kid, that he'd be the stay-at-home dad. Just for me, I find way more fulfillment in working. And being a stay-at-home mom is not my passion. But even if it is, you know, if you're a working mom... I definitely think this podcast and the idea of Bitch Prince is 100% for you as well. And even if you are a stay-at-home mom and maybe some of what I say in my little rants might not appeal to you as much, there's still going to be so much honest self-care within this podcast that is applicable to anyone. If you are a stay-at-home parent And you work tirelessly all day with food on your clothes and a never-ending fucking to-do list and nothing ever stays clean. It takes two personalities to be that person and then slap on your metaphorical lipstick and try to be the real you. Try to feel sexy. Try to actually spend time with your hobbies. And we'll definitely talk about hobbies and the beautiful sound of silence in future episodes so when we talk about self-care what am i talking about self-care is definitely a buzzword nowadays and that's fine i'm not against buzzwords i'm in marketing and the reality is is they work okay use the buzzwords i'd rather have buzzwords than a bunch of fucking clickbait even though they can go hand in hand self-care is a huge buzzword right now and Yes, I love bubble baths and getting some bath bombs, lighting some candles, having some wine and having an amazing bubble bath all to myself. I love that. And yes, that is a form of self-care, but it's really not self-care as a whole. Self-care isn't about spending all this money at the spa or all this money on clothes that make you feel happy or on Bath and Body Works products, although I love those too. Self-care is about caring for your entire being, which of course gets harder when there are more expectations weighing on you as an independent woman. So with this podcast, Bitch Prince is not only going to celebrate those women that put on that lipstick and work their shit each and every day in and out. But it's also going to teach us how to step back and make sure that we're caring for ourselves in this ever increasingly demanding world. So when I say self-care, I do mean mental health. So much do I mean mental health. I mean the work-life balance, which is a buzzword I don't particularly like. Because there is no 100% thing is balance, but finding some kind of balance between weighing out the 10 things that you have on your plate. One is always gonna be a little bit more full than the other, but trying your best to get everything as equal as possible by not spreading yourself too thin, though, either taking those 20 things making them 10 or breaking them out into to-do list and making those 10 things to today to the next day and so on throughout the work week so bitch prince is really going to be about self-care for these amazing career-driven women like i'm Would think I am. (laughs) So yeah, I do think I'm an awesome career driven woman. And I'm going to freaking celebrate all the women that inspire me. And I want to be able to talk with and empathize all the women around me that are going through the same things. We definitely can do this all around the water cooler. I know that I've had plenty of discussions with women that I worked with before I was a remote position. But I want to take those water cooler conversations that women will whisper getting some coffee or talk at a low tone, chit-chatting at each other's cubicles or open desk concepts. And I want to bring those out. I want to bring that community out, especially now that we're all flippity-flopping trapped inside with the coronavirus. There ain't no water cooler talk happening right now. Or at least I hope there isn't. Seriously, stay safe, guys. But really, I want to bring this online community together beyond Instagram stories and beyond the water cooler. Huge disclaimer for the Bish Prince podcast. As a Renaissance woman, as dabbling in a lot of things, I'm interested in so much. I'm a huge reader and that's very common for readers to be dabblers. So we are going to talk about a lot of things from money and mental health And friendships and partnerships and dreams and emotions because that is all involved in self-care. So we're going to talk about it all and I'm definitely not an expert in everything and I probably won't even pull in an expert most of the episodes to talk about it. When I do pull in people, it'll probably be my friends so that we can joke around, you know, other professional women – that are have professions across different markets and industries than I do. So, this is going to be a very intimate conversation and we're going to be talking about things that maybe are taboo, maybe you're afraid about even talking about with some of your coworkers or close friends, and we're just going to lay it all out there because part of self-care is communication, being honest with yourself, setting boundaries, and being a part of a community that can empathize with you and you need that community around you for proper self-care. So you can build that community through a podcast, but again, not going to be a professional on a lot of the topics we'll be covering. So please don't get all in the comments behind your little keyboard and start trolling saying, oh, oh. Mallory doesn't know what she's talking about. I know I don't know half the shit I'm talking about when it comes to money and things like that. We're just all going to be sharing stories about what we do, what's worked for us and what hasn't, you know, trial and error as real human beings that are just trying to get through this damn life as independent women. We are just trying to make it through, do the best we can. And the best way we can do that is to share stories in our community. So if I say something and you're a professional in it and what I said is completely wrong, please, please, please let me know. I will definitely correct myself because I don't want to provide misinformation or clickbait or fake facts. That is not the goal here. But everyone needs to feel safe in telling their story. So please don't attack anyone else that comes on the podcast to tell their story because, you know, we are all learning. So this is a learning podcast from non-experts. We're a group of career-driven, independent motherfuckers that are maybe experts in our field, but definitely not experts in anything, just trying to share our stories of how the hell we are making it through. So, that being said, if anything does come up and you're like, whoa, bitch prince, I need to do a little correction for you, please DM me at my Instagram. We aren't, I'm not doing an Instagram just for this podcast. I am going to be just using my own. This is really just kind of my little baby to chit chat and really kind of use this as an outlet for myself. And use this as an outlet to connect with people online and connect with my friends. Um, So if you do have a correction, just please DM me. It's at Mallory, M-A-L-L-O-R-Y, period, Blaine, B-L-A-Y-N-E. And that's my Instagram handle. Feel free to follow. Feel free to reach out. Um, Definitely would love to connect with everyone on Instagram. I'm a huge Instagram nerd. So as a professional woman, one of my hobbies is 100% posting on Instagram. Fashion, desert life. But the fact is, I did move to Arizona about, no, exactly a year ago today. All right, first celebration. We're going to have celebrations at the end of every podcast, and our first little celebration is going to fucking be mine. A year ago today, my husband and I moved to Arizona. We're in lovely Phoenix. I have lived in Indiana my whole life. That'll definitely come up plenty of times in this podcast. It's a cold, wet tundra. It's a bit of a wasteland. It's very conservative. I'm not hating because I grew up there and there are things I love about it, but as I said, I always pictured myself walking down New York City streets, roaming Paris, and Always wanted to move away. My mom used to joke that she was so happy I never studied abroad because she thought I would study abroad in France and never come home. So I waited until I was 27. But finally, finally, moved away it was a huge huge accomplishment in my life I know my husband wanted to come back to Arizona but I still had to push him a little bit to leave the Indiana nest and I'm just we're both so happy we did so when you take a look at my Instagram you'll definitely see a lot of that desert visuals because it really has brought a new creativity to my life so I'm a huge Instagram nerd so please connect with me on there again it's at mallory.blaine blaine is my middle name don't use that for identity theft. Definitely want to connect with you and just let me know if you have corrections there or have topics that you want to talk about. Because as someone that moved away from her hometown and moved states, most of my friends had already left Indiana. I've got a couple friends in New York, one in Florida, one in Boston, and I can't even name all of them because there's so many. One in Connecticut, one still in Indiana. And a huge part of connecting for us is online because we can't afford to visit each other every year. And, you know, I want to be still connected with my tribe. So I'm definitely on my phone too much because most of my best friends don't live within my same state even. So I will definitely be quick to respond on Instagram for sure. I'm a huge Instagram nerd. And I want this to be a Bitch Prince community where we can all connect because i working from home and living in a state where none of your original like core friends live, you definitely need to make sure you're being social and not just Netflixing and binging food all the time. (laughs) So definitely need to make sure you still have a social life and not just your partner and your dog. So please connect with me. Connect with this podcast, hopefully. Another thing I'd like to do on this podcast besides a good celebratory thing of a woman really quickly at the end is, um, you know, a, a general shout out too. So my first celebration was to me because, hey, you got to be your own woman crush Wednesday. But I also want to give a celebratory shout out to my sister-in-law. Her name is Mackenzie Porter, and she recently released a book called In My Heart. It is a children's book, and it is for working mamas. So if that doesn't apply to bitch prints, I don't know what the hell does. She has an amazing daughter, and it's been a huge thing in Mackenzie's life, having to split her time between work and spending time with her daughter And she has accomplished this with flying colors, even though she would not give herself those props. She deserves them. Raising an amazing, incredibly smart little girl. So definitely check out. It is In My Heart by Mackenzie Porter. Check it out. It is a really good book to share with your kids if you are a working parent to say, hey, you know, you're still in my heart and here are all the ways that we can both be independent together. So, with that, that is the first episode of Bitch Prince. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope that you continue to listen and help build a community with me. And in the spirit of Bitch Prince, for all my independent, career driven women out there, do not forget to leave your mark. Thanks, guys, and stay safe out there.